Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Loud and Local continues on The Rock with Kevin Deers, 99.9 KISW. Hey, what's going on? It's Loud and Local here on The Rock. And right now I'm talking with a dude who's up in Everett, Terrence Jenkins from a band called Dramora. Uh, they have a new EP coming out on the 26th of June called Awakening. Uh, it is, if I'm right, four songs, so it's a brand new EP. Uh, but before we go any further, uh, welcome to Loud and Local. How you doing, Terrence? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Doing, doing okay. Getting by, uh, you know, kind of crazy things. A lot of craziness in the world converging all at once. So I just kind of feel like we're in one of those... Uh, action movies uh where like we're at the end of the world and like what are we going to cling to to survive <laughs> hey uh, i mean it's not too far off honestly i really am just i'm trying to be as positive as i possibly can yeah uh but yeah there is a ton of stuff going on and I, I you don't even know where to start and there's so many rabbit holes to go down you know i'm basically i don't know it's funny we've been locked inside for so long and then uh as soon as they start releasing any kinds of restrictions, you know, this all happens. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a wave of, you know, infinite sadness over and over again. Uh, and I laugh because it's what I do when I'm uncomfortable, but no, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, damn dude. I, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Well, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad you're okay. And that we're yeah. both able to do this, honestly. Damn it. Dell, stop your optimizer PC. Okay, so uh, I'll edit that out. So, but you know what? The interesting thing is, I was listening to a, a podcast and, and I would uh, shout them out if I remembered which one it was. But they were talking about how critical it is right now, um, and that I think the reason why things are changing with the amount of protests and the amount of uh, stance against police uh, brutality and whatnot, um, and uh, and that that that's just not from just one side. You know, it, pretty much everyone's taking a stand on that and. Uh, I think that it's it's also very uh, key that there are no real uh, distractions. If this was going on during football season, basketball season, baseball season, you know, there are things that we can kind of look to to numb um, to numb our our minds to get out of it, and 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 obviously those are a positive um, distraction. But with the uh, police brutality and with the the disgusting and, and horrible image from which we were viewed last week uh, being shown uh, on all of our social media platforms, and we're all at home watching that, then there's nothing to um, you know distract us, which is I I think 
in a weird way, a positive thing that uh, maybe that can lead to change. Hopefully. I mean, I agree with that. I didn't really think about it from that perspective at all. But it is true that, you know, at this time of the year, people start to gear up for Seahawks and all kinds of stuff. You know, yeah. summer's ending. Talks to start to start of all kinds of sports. And, you know, since we aren't, I guess it's right there on the magnifying glass. And it's yeah. something that's been there the entire time that I've been alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm uh, I'm not surprised at all. I, I can't even uh, I can't act like this is like something that I'm, I'm really surprised this didn't happen a, a ton earlier. Yeah. But like you said, there's always been so much distractions and even not just sports and stuff. But, you know, everyone can just go shopping and, and forget about everything and. I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. Go to concerts, you know, Uh, you know, go, you know, there's there's real stuff that, you know, and and, and that's in this not just the issue of police brutality, there's violence and and terrible issues all around the world that we're not we are not always uh, so open to discussing or looking at. But right now, like you said, kind of the the, in the magnifying glass. So kind of crazy, man. (laughs) It's true. Um, how, how have you been doing, like, aside from, you know, maybe the last couple of weeks going up to, uh, you know, obviously what we, what we just discussed, um, how have you been mentally, like, how has, uh, the quarantine, um, been treating you and also have you been working or you been off work for now or, uh, what's kind of your day to day look like? Well, in January, uh, I worked for a, a large cable company. I was the construction supervisor for yeah. like a huge amount of the map here in okay. uh, Washington. And that had a lot of growth, we'll say, because there's a lot of building going on. And I was super, super, super busy. Then they kind of lost steam somehow. Hmm. Something happened and uh, I got laid off in like January. And so um, work kind of stopped for that place. And yeah. I started unemployment in January. Okay. So that um i already had a bunch of these songs like dramora had had started uh sometime in like late november mm-hmm. and i'd had all these like kind of really crappy sounding demos they were just <laughs> like they were bad um just the the quality of them were just grainy and bad and so uh i was like well i got all this time now um, mm-hmm. i'm just gonna start working on these and, and refining them so I was already kind of inside anyways. Yeah. And I was kind of starting to learn how to deal with that because in my profession, there was no work Mm -hmm. and I was applying to tons of places, but I just couldn't land anything. Yeah. And then this all happened. So, um, right when this thing started, all of a sudden, you know, I'd been on unemployment for a couple of months Yeah, thinking like, Oh my God, I got to get a job. (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. I'm kind of freaking out. Then this happened. I was already inside, and so it wasn't that big of a deal for me. Although, my girlfriend, who we live together, she got, um, you know, laid off because of the quarantine, and yeah. it was a, it was a real gut punch to her. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of, I don't know, man, I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Maybe it's because I was just like, well, cool, I'll just, I'll have all this time now to write music. And, right. Uh, and uh, I'll never get distracted here, you know, because and then it's honestly, that's kind of all I've really been doing. And then, uh, yeah, man, that's it. So it's been keeping my mental health really good. I uh, got all those songs written. I mixed that whole album and finished it all the way off. And then I was working with the person who did the artwork. Mm-hmm. And I was working on when it was going to be released. And then I'm also writing the entire next album, which is about a quarter to halfway done. Nice. So, I mean, 
yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's not been a bad thing for me. Um, I guess I'm just not one of those people who like, I always came home and played guitar after work. Yeah. I always came home and, and did something after work. So for me, it was like, I'm not the kind of person who like made excuses. Like I did the dishes. <laughs> it sucked. I, I did what I was supposed to do. You know, I yeah. made time for everything. Now that all freed up, now I just was like ultimate, you know, doing everything all at once. And uh, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's been really cool. Other than, now this is happening so yeah that's the thing is i wanted to mention is is uh obviously it's awesome that the ep is being released and that you've had this time to focus on the band but now you're dropping an ep amidst a pandemic it's not like you can go on a big tour or play a sold out record release show it's kind of a waiting period for that right it really is and i thought okay well this is quarantine there's going to be 20 billion bands you know what's funny is like all these bands were sitting on material that I like. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's amazing. Cool. Um, but usually this time of year, people have already released albums in yep. spring. Mm. And so they're on tour. That's a good time for an unknown band to kind of step in there and be like, hello, this is who we are. This is our EP and start building. Right now, um, it's lost in a, a sea. But I already planned to do it. And we thought, okay, well, We'll just do this and we'll release it and uh, it'll be, we'll start setting the foundation right now. Yeah. Once we get to play shows again, which now it's looking like, God, it's going to be even longer. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's really like we released Guilt on uh, Monday. Mm-hmm. And so the other one did over a thousand views or something, which isn't bad for a completely unknown band with like yeah. 50 followers on Facebook. We thought, okay, that's, that's decent. And we had a lot of cool messages. Like, we've all been in bands before. Yeah. I've never gotten a bunch of direct messages that were like, hey, man, this song is, is awesome. I've listened to it a bunch of times. Now, that was with just the quarantine. This was released right as the riots are going on. And again, mm-hmm. this is all scheduled. And I've already paid for it and stuff. So it's going to go. You know, so uh, it didn't do anything. It was like 117 views or something. Because... Um, nobody gives a crap about what I'm doing. You know, at this very moment, there's obviously more important things. And I don't want to look like a jerk and be out there like, Hey, you look at my album. Look at this. Yeah. You know, I just want to be like, it's extremely respectful and it's out there. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, exactly. It's just looking for some diversion from this. I put out some new music, but I'm not going to, I don't think that's more important at all. Yeah. You're uh, not going to do the hard sell when there's some, like a revolution going on. <laughs> That is a f-ing bad look. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. Uh, well, you know, obviously, we, we do want to talk about the music, though, and, and, and it's important to do so because there are artists out there that we are, um, you know, we need to support uh, local vital artists. And, and you, are you guys putting the record out yourselves? Are you uh, putting it out on a label? No. Um, it says Alternast Records. That's my production company. Sweet. That's what I, that's the name I use to. Uh, record and mix and and do all the productions and videos and stuff i do so um i don't know it said i think on all the stuff you ever like use like distro kit or any of that stuff it's like what's your record label just enter something in so i put that in there but yeah mm-hmm. it's self-release um we're all funding it so it's it's uh it's under pretty uh pretty well-known uh media company asher media so they're yep yep they're helping us with the release so that's where i know, got it from yeah, no, John's a cool guy. He's been around for a million years, and uh, I trust him. So, 
Right on, man. Um, well, uh, actually, before we go into the song, uh, into one of your songs, let's shout out the other members of the band that we're, I'm not speaking with. Uh, who else? Uh, who else are you playing with in in uh, Dramora? Okay, so Taylor Wood is the he does all the harsh vocals. Okay, which is, he's he's totally amazing. I love his vocal style. And we were in a band before this called Odyssean, mm-hmm. and he was the vocalist for that. I was the drummer, and then the drummer in Dramora. His name is Jared, and uh, Jared Canelli, I believe, his last name. Um, Got to never say his last name. I feel terrible. No, but uh, he was in Jesus Wears Armani. Okay. And let's see, we aren't. We don't have a bass player right now. We're playing with bass tracks, but okay. we have like a bunch of people that are trying out for that position. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of we're comfortable with playing with bass tracks, um, but whatever. Uh, if someone came along and they could nail the parts and they're more than welcome. So if anyone's listening to this and you like the song and you can play these parts, uh, we're going to have some tryouts coming up. Uh, so there's no bass player for the moment. Yeah. And then the second guitar uh, is Max Taylor. So um, those guys are, they're, they're uh, obviously not here in my house. My girlfriend is strictly <laughs> not letting people come in. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I would have probably had them all here. But, you know, oh well. Fair enough, man. Well, once everything kind of goes back to a quote unquote, what they're saying is the new normal. I sound like a like a commercial when I say that. But, uh, you know, once things go back to at least uh, a way we we can hang out together and and I'll try to have you guys up into the studio for a regular episode of Loud and Local. But we're making things, uh, you know, we're making do with what we have for now. Uh, So I'm going to go into a song here uh, from the new Dramora EP coming out June 26th. Uh, and this one, the album is called Awakening. We're going to go into Home. Is there anything you want to say about this, Jam, before we jump into it? Uh, this is the, I guess, the most technical as far as rhythms and stuff on here. And, yeah. Uh, it is the first song I ever wrote lyrics for in my entire life. So, uh, hopefully, <laughs> it didn't come across that way, but <laughs> uh, that's it. That's all. All right, you're listening to Loud and Local. Here's a song from Dramora on Loud and Local.
It's loud and local. There was a song called Home off the new Dramora album, Awakening, coming out June 26th. Uh, you can pick that record up uh, and definitely purchase it and uh, support local artists. Uh, awesome local metal. Kind of, I, I, you know, I, I could say metal, but it seems like you guys are doing something a little bit different, too. Like, there's a lot of melody. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, kind of got the, like, polyrhythmic stuff going on. But then there's you, you guys can sing really well. What are some of your influences? I, I'm interested, uh, like, you know, what what kind of stuff were you kind of? And I'm I'm not trying to say like biting, but like what what kind of stuff were you were you <laughs> no, like? Totally, man, I get it. No, when uh, when what? this song was written, um, so I mean, I guess the question is what. Well, go ahead. You was like, what? What got me into this, or how did it? Uh, no, like, what kind like of? This? What are? What are the inspirations for Dramora? Like, where did you kind of want to take this? Like, what bands were you just like, man? I wish I could like do like kind of make Mashuga meets something something meets like what? What was all coming together when when you thought of the idea for Dramora? Um. So, I've been in a few death metal bands over the years and some thrash metal bands. Mm-hmm. I've always been the drummer. And so rhythm to me is basically how songs are written. Yeah. Like when I write a song, I start with like, I have a drum set in my garage and I have a way to record that. I don't know how to program drums cause I just never had to, which people think is really weird, but I know, I don't know how to do it. So I'll usually, I'll come up with some wispy riff or something, maybe one note and I'll just figure out a really cool rhythm. And that's usually how stuff starts. And then I'll, go down to the garage and I'll start figuring that out. But as far as the inspiration for it, I I don't really know. I think that this is a direct response to blast beats and double kicks for so long, like mm-hmm. nothing wrong with those things. And I probably will, I can feel like there's a part of me that needs to get that out too. <laughs> um, so I'll probably do like a side project where I get that out. You know, I don't think it belongs in Dramora. I think that this is, comes from a directly kind of from a love of i don't know people have told me they can hear like this is i thought this was strange but they they hear some mastodon in there they hear some foo fighters in there and i was like what like i thought i was making a metal song so i know that's funny but i've had this comparison too like i was watching uh forgetting sarah marshall i don't know if you know that movie where uh oh yeah one of the characters makes the vampire puppet thing and he thinks it's going to be super serious. Like, that's the way he's trying to make it. But it turns out it's really funny. People still like it, but he doesn't get it. He doesn't get why it's funny. I think that in this, I was trying to make something abrasive, but I couldn't help but put melodies in there. And when a part felt like it could sing for the first time in a band, I could sing. I've always been able to sing, but I couldn't do it and play drums. So, like a few of those parts sounded like I could hear a melody in there. And so instead of screaming over something, you know, or doing harsh vocals, I yeah. just started to sing. So this is all just brand new ground for me. I yeah. don't think there was anything like, uh, I didn't like go into this thinking like, Oh, I want, like you said, it wasn't like, Oh, I want to sound like, uh, maybe Meshuga meets Mastodon or something or something like that. I just sort of, I listened to a ton of metal. I think, you know, as time goes on, I still crank, you know, old Nevermore and stuff like that. And, uh, but I, over the years, I just, I get, you know, drawn away from that. I'll, I'll have whole weeks where I don't listen to a metal song sometimes and okay. stuff just cause I'm, I'm breathing it and eating it and, you know, all, all day long, every single day. 
Uh, and I never get so far away to where I'm listening to like Enya or something, but I definitely am listening to, to softer type stuff. And, you know, like I really like, like I said, the Foo Fighters. I don't consider Mastodon to be a metal band. I think that they're probably a progressive rock band. Sure. Um, but I love them to death. I love the new Between the Buried Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like that's been it's something that's been seeping into me a lot. I can hear some of the melodies and I have to be careful with that, you know, because <laughs> uh, it'll end up in one of my songs and I'll get in trouble. But that's the kind of stuff where it's like, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily going away and, uh, you know, going from death metal to like listening to like, I don't know what's like, like, uh, like gangster rap or something, but it's in the same vein. Yeah. But I think that I wanted to be in a band you know, that, uh, that could do more than just brutality. Sure. All the time, Absolutely. You know? But you know, that's, that's however it's received is how it's received. I know that, uh, a lot of the people that I even could show it to before I released it were people that listened to straight up tech death all day long, you know? And, uh, they straight up were like, yeah, those vocals are like nails on a chalkboard. You know? <laughs> and I was like, thank you. You know, yeah, <laughs> Hey, I don't, why not? Uh, I mean, I know that uh, you run Metal Shop. Yeah. As well. I've listened to that forever. Uh, and thank you for still doing that and loud and local. I mean, Hell yeah, Jesus, man. I mean, it's Insti- quite an undertaking. I know it is. But, Institutions. Uh, um, yeah, totally. Well, well, let's go back. Uh, what was what was like your building blocks? I mean, we didn't all wake up, you know. We didn't all come out of our mom's, uh, you know, uh, womb <laughs> with Cannibal Corpse CDs and 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 a patch jean jacket. You know, what was like your building blocks? What was your first few albums that kind of were your your gateways to something a little bit heavier, something rock, even if it's embarrassing? What was your first couple albums? first couple albums well i'll skip over my childhood because Mm -hmm. i mean i'll just say it real quick my dad listened to a ton of led zeppelin and every single album nonstop. i mean just i could if i just want to listen to led zeppelin i can just make it play in my head whenever i want absolutely Uh, aerosmith def leppard every judas priest especially uh, i think my dad would drink beer and listen to Judas Priest nonstop when I was a kid. And uh, so that kind of stuff, that wasn't my music, though. When I when I kind of branched out, I grew up in the 90s, late 90s, and the first couple bands that I actually bought a CD of uh, was 311. Mm-hmm. That's a funny one to say. I don't even know if any kids even know who 311 is anymore. But <laughs> um, I love Chad Sexton's drum. That's that snare drum. I love the groove. And uh, it was just, at that time, it seemed heavy. At this time, if you listen back to it, you're just like, what is this? You know. But uh, 311, uh, I think I really loved Candlebox. And uh, there was a lot of Seattle bands. So I loved Alice in Chains. Um, Soundgarden. Uh, one of the first CDs I remember buying was uh, the one with Bad Motorfinger on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, really, I just had a lot of aunts and uncles and stuff like that, and and they were really into metal and rock. And I didn't really veer off of that path too much, I guess. Um, so I grew up with that stuff, and as I got to be a teenager, I started to discover you know, metal bands, you know, like, uh, especially Metallica, that's a pretty generic one, but mm-hmm. Metallica, Megadeth, Pantera, 
uh, went on a huge Pantera trip when I was a kid. I bought camo shorts and got a razor blade necklace and, you know, wanted to be dime bag. And then, yeah, uh, totally dude, you know? Uh, and, and that's just, I think all of us kind of went through that. But mm-hmm. I remember when someone gave me a, a live CD that was called live cannibalism and that is cannibal corpse. And that was my first, the first time I'd ever heard anything like that. Um, I'd never heard like such brutal sounding stuff, not to mention it was a live CD. So you know, he would announce the songs and they have some pretty gnarly names, you know, it was like uh, blood, uh, you know, with a knife and all this sort of stuff. And I'd just be like, what, what is this? Right. Like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh my God. And that was with Corpse Grinder, not Chris Barnes. Mm-hmm. So it was there, uh, basically a greatest hit CD. Yeah. But that made me go out and buy a couple cannibal court CDs. And then I just went down the rabbit hole from there. I kind of never went back. Well, not until later in life when I'd sort of, you know, changed, changed, uh, you know, I became a dad and stuff and started working a lot. But from, from about the time of 15 to about 25, man, it was nothing but death metal. Cannibal Corpse, Obituary, Death, uh, all the big Florida death metal stuff. And uh, I really liked Gent or whatever that was going to be called at that time, too. I don't know why I really did, but it's probably the drumming. I yeah. really loved that band Sicketh. I don't remember. Sixth, yeah. I don't yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember if anybody liked them, but I think they had a lot to do with what Periphery ended up doing. Totally. And uh, Monuments. And everyone credits those bands as like the first bands. But I think it was, I, I don't know if it's Scythe or Sickest, but dude, that, that album with Bland Street Bloom and Flogging the Horses and all that, that was, those are big ones. I'm just rambling here. but No, that's all good, <laughs> dude. I, I'm, I'm always curious about how people get into, you know, the heaviness and whatnot. And and uh, I guess, uh, what are, what are, uh, uh, Maybe four, since you're a guitarist, what are four uh, of your favorite guitarists of all time? Uh, my One of my favorite guitar players, number one. I'm going to leave people out, but four. Jeff Loomis is one. Oh, yeah. Um, he's not from Seattle, or he's not born in Seattle, but he lives here mm-hmm. in Shoreline. Yep. And um, he was in one of my very favorite bands of all time, Nevermore. Yep. I loved all of his solo stuff, um, and I'm glad to see he's still out there kicking it um, with Arch Enemy. Yeah. Really cool. He's just always, uh, he just seems like a really, not only is he just an amazing guitar player, but he's a really cool guy in all the interviews I've ever seen. And, you know, him and Warl Dane um, wrote some of the coolest songs, I think, to date. So they had a huge influence on me and all my friends, and I can't thank them enough for that. Um, second favorite guitar player. Um, it seems generic, but I still love James Hatfield. Yeah. Um, I think the right hand on that guy is insane yeah dude if you even sit down and you got a friend or something that says james hatfield sucks i want him to sit down and play master of puppets all down picks all the way through it's like 212 and you cannot i mean you, you it doesn't sound that hard but that's because he is doing it man and that's before they had editing He's underrated, yeah, magic. for sure. Dude, yeah. I mean, he's not a freaking shredder or anything. But, but that's not his role. It's not his role. And I think that he had a huge influence on a lot of shredders. He had that. He had the other part, the desirable part. He was a yeah. great songwriter. He was an excellent front man, still is. And he had the and, riffs, man. And he had the riffs, and he had that solid chug sound. Mm-hmm. That I think everyone really copied after that. 
um, so a third guitar player. I won't list any, like, uh, I don't really have any, like, ultimate shredder guys. Sure. Um, because I'm not that kind of a guy. I'm not really a shredder type dude. And I kind of always looked up to great rhythm guitar players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another generic one would be uh, Dimebag Daryl. I think, you know, rest in peace. But he had the ability to go back and forth between playing great leads yeah. and also had that solid ability to write just catchy ass riffs yeah. that were super heavy. And, uh, I mean, like I said, it's even now, you know, cause if you play in a metal band, you will play with younger guys mm-hmm. and girls and they really don't understand that at one point in time, nobody sounded like Pantera. There wasn't anything around it that sounded quite like that. Yeah. There was only dime bag. Yep. At some point, everyone started to sound like that, yeah. and that's great. But there was a time, dude, when he was the only one. Just like there was only one James Heffield at, at one point. Uh, and there's a lot of dudes I could list off as great guitar players, but people who had kind of transcendence throughout the ages and stuff still holds up and, and great guitar playing in mm-hmm. general. I think that those the three. So I think number four, hmm, hmm. That's a hard, I don't know. There's too many, dude. Um, <laughs> there is, though, isn't there? There's just way too many damn guitar players. Um, I don't know. I would have to say that uh, Michael Eckerfeld, uh, Eckerfeld oh, yeah. is okay. got to be yep. my fourth guitar player. Um, and and the, really the reasoning for that, again, is uh, solid riffs always mm-hmm. and great live guitar playing. I think that's a, that's a resounding thing in all four of those people. Yeah, and I didn't have time to prepare this, but obviously I didn't know you were going to ask that question. But <laughs> if I was going to get asked the question, I think that it's the great lives players yep. that are just have had an impact on a ton of things. I'm always completely inspired by Opeth, and even now the people you know the stuff that people don't like, I think he's still making quality tunes. Man, it's not like he's out there phoning it in or something. Yeah, it's, it's just I mean it's, it's just a different stuff. style than what they were, but it's still awesome. Um, oh, by a long shot, but yeah, I mean, you got to grow. <laughs> so, so you're playing guitar and drumora, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you miss playing drums in a band? Uh, dude, I don't know. I did it for a long time, and uh, you know, a lot of people still, you know, compliment me on stuff I did in the past, and and I mean, I liked being a drummer, mm-hmm. but at the level that you have to to be at to to play death metal well and sound good and not uh not limit your band members you know with your abilities yeah it's a pretty taxing role i'd say it's there's a lot going on there and it can be kind of uh stressful and and i didn't think about that until i stopped or took a break because it's been years since i've taken a break but Mm -hmm. once i just started playing guitar and singing i realized like wow this is not wouldn't say easier or something but it's it's easier to keep your chops up on the guitar and vo- vocals and stuff to mm-hmm. me personally than it is to keep your chops up on the drums. If you just don't play the drums for a couple of weeks and you come back, you're going to try to do some blasts at whatever, 230, 250, and start working it up. And you're going to be, your ceiling is going to be back. You know, you're going to be back down at 250 <laughs> for some reason. Yep. So it's like, you know, your doubles and keeping them clean and being able to, do like super fast fills and be clean sounding 
that kind of stuff was my whole freaking life. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I used to carry a freaking practice pad around with me and like oh, work snap. when I'd have a 15 minute break, I'd be doing, you know, uh, routines and rudiments and stuff like that. So I don't really miss having <laughs> to keep that up. Yeah. I'm serious. It's Fair really enough. like, it was a big breath of relief for me when Jared stepped in Yeah, and because I wrote the, all the drum parts for this album, mm-hmm. um, on the demos, I played all the drums, and he didn't really change them that much. Uh, he there's little parts where he did different fills, and he gave it a totally different kind of feel. He's a different drummer. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it. When I I made all this stuff, I was I thought maybe I'd made home. You know that song. I thought I'd made some of those parts too difficult. I know it sounds, you know weird but you got to think about that stuff like someone's going to play drums with you in your band or you're going to hire somebody you know if you start putting polyrhythms and stuff you got to be kind of conscious of what your bandmates abilities totally are. yeah and uh he's just been able to tackle it and, That's and awesome. now i see that he's under this kind of stress i try to like <laughs> <laughs> i do i'm like hey man don't get down on yourself i try to be super positive like oh you're doing a great job that sounded good yeah i'm not like contrived in any way but if i hear him do something good i try to make sure i i give like positive reinforcement because i remember that not being a, a thing <laughs> in, in the bands i was before everyone would always remember when i didn't do something mm-hmm. good. they very rarely ever to have said like wow terry you did great that show or something like that <laughs> So remembering that, I kind of always go like, oh, man, you're really stepping it up on this part. And, and so, but yeah, I don't miss playing drums. And, and I'm glad that the person who's in my band has, uh, takes it as seriously as I used to. I think that's what I was looking for, too. Uh, that's awesome, man. And, and that's cool that, that you also have that, you know, uh, knowledge base of, of, of being the drummer and then now the guitarist. And what other instruments do you know? I mean, do you know the trombone? Are you a cello uh, player? No. Dude, through I so I went to Stanwood High School. I went to school with Taryn Daly. Ah, uh, hey, what's up, Taryn? Yeah, we were in the same grade. We nice. were in band class together. We were also in like English and a, I think a handful of other things. What but, was she like back um, then? Was she still? Was she then uh, as like positive and stoked as she? Oh is? yeah, dude. Okay. She Always. was ultra positive. Really, really cool person. Nice. I thought she was awesome. I really, you know, we all miss Jolene, but I was like blown away. When I heard her on 99.9, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, no way. Yeah. Daily? Yeah. So, yeah, um, it was it was great. And she is doing a, an excellent job. So I'm so I'm proud of her. That's really, really cool. But no, I went to Stanwood and uh, I took three or four band classes. My memory is a bit fuzzy, mm-hmm. but I took like a zero period. and I took three classes and i pretty much did that throughout school as soon as there was a music class i started taking it and they wouldn't let me play drums at first so i ended up playing the trumpet and then i didn't do great at that because it just i don't know man i wasn't really into it then i had to play the clarinet Mm -hmm. then i had to try playing the saxophone and uh so if i picked one of those things up it would take me a second to make some sounds but i don't know how to play them really well (laughs) you could be Uh, your own ska band I could, dude. Totally. I'll just find some way to play three instruments at once. Polyrhythm, so, um, polyrhythmic, um, oh, slamming yeah. ska. Dude, that would be intense. Brutal I mean, ska. We should, we'll have to put a little distortion on some of the horns and stuff, but I think you could make that work. Oh, my God. Sounds uh, like sounds like audio diarrhea, dude. You could do, like, toilet gurgle vocals through the trombone or something. Well, okay. I don't know, man. We're going too no, far. Um, 
Right. No, <laughs> no, but I, I didn't, I, I really can do the rock and roll instruments, okay. but I did okay. play all that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but it's like algebra or something. It's like, if you don't use it, it's gone. You lose but, it. Uh, so I play guitar, I play drums. I can play some piano well enough to write some piano parts and stuff. Yeah. When I come up. I'm not, I'm not like a virtuoso or something. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it, man. And I kind of just, wasn't interested in anything but rock music from the time I was a kid, rock and metal music. So I don't know. I never had a jazz phase or some of my buddies dude. like no offense to like Django and all those guys, but they are so into jazz and like <laughs> gypsy music yeah. and horn. And I just never, I, I tried, you know, but it was just like, I can't get into this stuff. So it Fair stopped enough. with the guitar and drums. Well, uh, earlier I said it's a four-song EP. It actually looks like it's a five-song EP. Is that right? It is a five-song. Five-song? Okay. So uh, it's a five-song EP. It's called Awakening. Again, June 26th, the new Dramora, uh, the first, the debut Dramora uh, album. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Terrence. Um, uh, do you have any final words for, uh, for the Northwest audience, for anyone who's listening, who might be going through some weird stuff? Uh, any, any words of encouragement or final words before we go into uh, the next song? Um, I would say, uh, I hope you all are being safe. And mm -hmm. if you are going to a protest, I hope you're going there for the right reason. Yeah. I think that if you think you're going to go there to get in a fight or something like that, please think about it for a while. You know, I know a lot of people are going to those things are making you angry. I know some people who just texted me last night that wanted me to go to a protest Yeah, and I don't think they're going there for the right reason. So I'm just, I'm not your friend or maybe I am if you're listening to this, but you know, please please you know consider um if you're going there out of anger or you're going there for the wrong reasons to just take a second to <laughs> think about what could happen you know I mean? so and uh i love you all so please please stay safe right on man terrence uh from dramora awakening is the name of the album we're gonna go into a song here called guilt and uh thanks man thanks kevin let's rock
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.